This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to We'll See You in Hell, your favorite podcast discussing, reviewing, and commenting on horror, fantasy, and sci-fi, both contemporary and classic. Uh, Very exciting show today. We are doing, this is a cutting-edge episode. We're right on the, the, the fingers on the pulse of pop culture. We are about to do a review of Thor Ragnarok, which we have just seen. Just out of the theater, up at the uh, the, the Americana here in uh, beautiful Glendale. So, Pat. Yes. Why don't you get us started here? Um, okay. Um, how, well, how are you doing, Joe, for starters? I mean, a little romance first before just forcing it in. I just thought you could say the opening phrase, and then we could get rolling down. Oh, sure, sure. I know what you mean. I think you're talking about... And then I'll play with your puss. Oh, my God. (laughs) I think you're talking about getting on with the show, um, and also on with the Joe. Probably your worst one you've ever done. That was my least favorite for sure. I, I didn't have anything in the hopper. I just started talking, and uh, that's that's what came out. And I'm sorry, um, but I was reading today. There was a discussion on the Facebook page, which I always encourage you to check out, um, about what the finest on with the Joes were, and they were citing. You know, somebody cited the one from the Christine episode. I don't even remember what these were. Sure, um, but there was a lot of talk about what were the best and. It intimidated me, frankly. I was trying to live up to former glories, and in doing so, I created what I would say is unquestionably the worst on with the Joe I've ever done. Yeah, you you didn't live up to shit that just then. Yeah, it's that it's that fear of failure. It'll cripple you. Yeah, it'll cripple you. And uh, this is a special episode also because this is our first shout out episode of this month. We'll, oh. as we promised, do them on the second and fourth episode of each month. A bonus episode will drop at the end of the month. Uh, Thank you again to all of the Patreon people out there supporting us uh, and all the people up on the Facebook discussion forum and all that stuff. We really, 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 really can't believe the support, and we love it. Uh, If you want to check out the Patreon pledge page, it's uh, uh, patreon.com slash W-S-Y-I-A. No, shit. Patreon.com slash W-S-Y-I-A. I Y H Pod. You no, I said it right the first time. Y I Oh Jesus. Y I H Pod. We'll see you in hell. Yes. W S Y I H Pod. That's it. Jesus All Christ. right. Uh, so go check are, that we out. Are stone sober, folks. We are stone sober. It's like in Kingpin when he he's throwing up and he's like, "I thought you weren't drinking." And he goes, "I don't throw up when I drink. I throw <laughs> up when I don't." That's where we're at. The only no, we, we don't throw up. The only sad line in the whole movie. It is, but it's great. Yeah. Just great. Yeah. Now Woody Harrelson, as we saw at the theater tonight, is playing LBJ in the new oh. Rob Reiner film. Well, I'm going to see it. My buddy Alan Mendelbaum produced it. He's a great man. Uh-huh. Um, just a little shout out. But I was telling Joe, I fucking hate biopics. You know? I, I hate biopics. And the more prosthetics the more i hate him and they got woody uh you know all made up the the worst makeup i think i've ever seen in a movie i got two i got two and i think they probably both either were nominated for or won best makeup because best makeup usually the award goes to most makeup right which it shouldn't be here we go number one a beautiful mind when they age up crow and Connolly at the end who daddy <laughs> That's some rough 
old age makeup. I don't even remember what it what they looked like at the end. It's very bad. If you're doing old age makeup, just a little suggestion is all you need. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other unquestionable winner for me is a picture called J. Edgar. That's that, that's my number that one. That Clint Eastwood directed, where every time DiCaprio would open his mouth, like a hunk of wax would fall off like into his <laughs> coffee, and they would just keep rolling. Clint was like, we got the shot. Yeah, that movie looked like he went to Target, and there was like a... <laughs> yeah. You could be J. Edgar for Halloween yeah. kit. It, it just it didn't Nixon look good. Nixon mask. And then they like ironed it. And made <laughs> it it didn't, look like J. It Edgar. didn't look good. No. The, uh, it looked like Clint was like, here, I took a picture of my right ball. <laughs> just make his face look like that. And there's no excuse for bad makeup. I don't get why. I don't get why. Age. No. Old people makeup is still so hard to do. I mean, they can make people have. Two faces and you know alien heads and like, all this uh, shit. Like Two Face, for example, like Two Face. Yeah, you know, now I know they threw a little CG in there, a little sure. green screen. But my point is, is like, why the hell is old people makeup so hard to do? Also, why don't you just like for the end of a Beautiful Mind and that kind of situation, just hire two old actors, sure, to play them old. Do sure. the do the Saving Private Ryan thing. That's not Damon and on the bookends. It's an old man in the bookends. Well, and like. Okay, so Raising Arizona, uh, easily a top five movie for me. One of my all-time favorites, Coen Brothers. There's a brief scene where Nicolas Cage and Holly Hunter, they flash forward into the future while Cage is dreaming. It's the final monologue in the movie. And they flash forward to being uh, elderly with a bunch of children. And that movie was made in 1987 on a budget of probably a million dollars max. And the makeup looks fantastic. Right. You can tell it's Cage and Hunter, but they look great. Right. What went wrong? And it's the same with special effects. You know, like Gremlins looks great. 1984, the effects. And they try to do it now, and you're like, I see a blue, like, sheen around these creatures. I thought that in the new Planet of the Apes. And as cool as those effects are, there were moments where I was like, you thought that was ready to hit the theaters? Well, this there's, they're different effects, Pat. I know. You're talking animatronics versus CGI. I, I just liked them more. That's all I can say. I get it. There's a little homespun quality that I like. I get it. There's a word you don't hear every day. Homespun. Homespun. I know when I'm that home, was my I like rap to get name. spun. What's spun? Speed? Huh? If you're spun, like they made a movie called Spun with Jason Schwartz. Uh, Are you it was on speed? That, it was crank, I believe. Not crank. It was meth, I think. Meth. You're spun What's crank? Crank Other is, than a Jason uh, Statham Crank beer. is a... Is a a cheap? I think crank is meth. Crank is a cheap cocaine. Okay, like a like a coca a cocaine alternate that's very cheap, where the high lasts. I think that's what meth is too, right? Okay, isn't that what meth is? Or or you smoke? No, meth's like you smoke it. Meth is different. Spun was about meth though, because Mickey Rourke's trailer blows up at the end. Yes, and that's a meth thing. Not a great movie. Yeah, it was one of those things where it was like, watch everybody you love take a dark turn, and it just wasn't that interesting. Yeah. Um, Wouldn't you like to see all these actors on meth? I was like, no. Right. Frankly, no, I don't. Um, I will say this about biopics. I think the description for every biopic should be, hey, you know how you love this guy? Yeah. Well, watch this now. Yeah. It's, I've never seen one where you walk away going, I like the guy more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just well, as we get older, and it's going to be like, you know, probably Woody Harrelson again playing Tom Petty in in ten years or something. It's just like even, as much as I love Tom Petty, I don't. I, I'd rather watch a documentary. If you're just going to be telling me the beats of their life and also fictionalizing it somewhat, as most biopics do, and everybody's just begging for an Oscar. I'd rather read a book or watch a documentary. They won't the make person. a petty movie. It's not scandalous enough. Well, just wait. Who knows? I hope not. What uh, What do you think it'll be called? My money's on won't back down. Obviously won't back down. Well? Or American Guy? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, couldn't it be stopped? Dragging me around. Stop or, dragging my heart around. Or how about this? Wildflower, the Tom Petty sure. story. Sure. Wildflower is the story of Tom Petty. Um, there's a fantastic four-hour documentary that I don't think we've ever discussed in here called Running Down a Dream. 
Oh, that's a good title for um, If you want to really learn about Tom Petty, that's the way to do it. Uh, or his biography, which I'm uh, twelve. I've been twelve pages into for roughly six months. What's his um, biography called? I think just Petty. Petty. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. This would be a good name for the movie. Petty bastard. Well, sure. And then you do a play on words. Yeah. Th- through the whole movie, they go. You know, Tom. Just be- just because you're you, Petty's a f- suiting suitable name for a guy as as. Uh, you know, as as petty as you. <laughs> uh-huh. I couldn't think of another word for petty. Right. Uh, but, I, you know, you do that kind of thing, you know. I got it. I'm Folks, very tired, Pat. I was t- real tired on the last one, but that was from an... In- well, it's 11 p.m. on a Tuesday. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little... Well, I'm certainly more amped up than I was Saturday night. I didn't know if I was going to stay awake. There, was, there were some... People did enjoy um, Monday's podcast, but there was a lot of talk about how we sounded... Perhaps suicidal. <laughs> and I got to tell you, folks, you're not way off. It was Pat and I but went to off. dinner that night. I don't know if we talked about this part on the podcast, but Pat and I went to dinner with our buddy David uh, Kremholtz. I don't think I said a word through we the entire meal. Except, of course. Oh, that's right. Except, of course, not medium rare. <laughs> not <laughs> medium rare. Yes. And then it was good that you didn't speak after that. (laughs) Folks, I'd like to invite you over to one of my favorite night spots, Pat's Movie Corner. And believe it or not, even though I had nothing a few days ago. um, I got to stop you. I'm sorry. We forgot to do something. What? Before Pat's Movie Corner. We forgot. We jerked off together. No, no, no. Ready? Get ready. I wiped it on you. Get ready to (laughs) get ready to do the sound effect. Folks, we're coming to you live from the hog house. Oh, God. I don't like this bit. Why? There's something about... Anytime you say hog or pig, which you do a lot, refer to people as pigs, it just really rubs me the wrong way. Well, we're not referring to anybody as a pig right now. We're just saying the hog. We're calling our studio the hog house. I don't like it. All right, well, then the we hog need house do- indicates, especially at this time, we should be a little more enlightened. That with what? With, you know, hog house. It's not. Would you invite a, a woman over to a hog house? What, what, are, what are we talking about? I'm not talking. Yes. I want our female listeners to feel comfortable entering our world of. So you think hog delights. sounds like a derogatory female I, thing? No, I don't think that either. Oh, what do you th- that it's it's off putting? Hog house. <laughs> would you go see a movie called Hog House? I think you're. I think you're being sexist for thinking it's going to turn off the female listeners. They can think. Look, hog- I don't think the men listeners are loving it either. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what I didn't see one comment on on Facebook. Hog house. You will now. Yeah, now we will. Put it to a vote, folks. Do you want the hog house bit to continue or not? Please don't want it to continue. Folks, I uh, proposed a question to Joe. We were walking out of the theater and there was an ad for some very boring new Mark Wahlberg, Kevin Spacey movie, Together at Last. And I think Michelle Williams was in it, too. Anyway, I don't know anything about this movie, and I think they're pretty much burying the release because of the new, quote, allegations about Kevin Spacey. Although I think in his case, he's starting to admit them. Well, no, he kind of admitted it right off the bat. Right off he the was bat. just like, hey, I was drunk. Sorry about that. Yeah. Also, I'm gay. Yeah. He deserved the shit he got for that. Absolutely. That fucking apology was dog shit. Um, but I, I proposed the question to Joe. What if. Well, let's say Kevin Spacey was a much bigger star, like it was the American Beauty days or whatever. Let's say it is American Beauty and, this, and American Beauty is about to come out. And in the movie, which I forgot about, of course, but in the movie, he's lusting after an underage young lady. Who Mina he does Subari. fuck at one point, doesn't he? They get close. They don't fuck. He masturbates to her, and then they're about to, but they don't actually do it. They're real close. And and she's she- like six, supposed to be like 16 Yeah, or he takes her shirt off, and you see nipples and everything. But, okay, so let's say today. Nobody's talking about that. Let's say, well, let's, I, well, let's say it's that time period, okay? It's about to come out. Spacey's pegged to win. Well, pegged's a bad choice of words. Spacey <laughs> is earmarked to win uh, Best Actor. American Beauty's got a lot of buzz. It's going to be a big hit. And a week before it comes out, these Spacey allegations hit. 
could they could the producers of the film sue Kevin Spacey for ruining their Oscar chances for tainting their great movie? I don't think they can because Tom Cruise didn't get sued when he blew like all the promotion for War of the Worlds. Because he blew he was, that by jumping on the couch. Well, he did that, and then he—that was when he started like talking about Scientology everywhere. And yes. remember, Spielberg was like, "What are you doing?" Right. These are like promotional interviews. You're supposed to be promoting the movie. Right. Uh, but he never got in trouble. So I, it's I don't weird think, that you can't. There must be some protection. But like that was my other example. Well, it's like was saying like, I hired a guy to do my taxes, and I found out, you know, he uh, accosted somebody once, and you can't sue him for that. You just fire him. Yeah. Yeah. You know? All right. I would think. I, I mean, that's my guess. I got to tell you, like, okay, so, I mean, obviously this is not the case, but, like, I, I, my, it's been my dream to run my own show. I'm running my own show. It's going to come out. This will never happen. Somebody on the cast has some allegations, and the show never gets released. They're like, oh, we can't even release this thing now. Put it on the shelf. I, of course I can't sue, but how do I not just be angry for the rest of my life? I guess go do something else. Well, you, yeah, you keep working, Pat. I don't know. You this know. is where my mind goes into like worst case scenario. Well, I mean, but my, you, you know, if you're going to be mad at everybody in the world that's that's screwed your life up, yeah, where do I start? Form yeah. a line. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I don't think. Uh, but I here's this is my impression of uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg and Kevin Spacey in on their way to the press junket for the movie. Yeah. What? Why'd you do that, man? Why'd you do that? Why'd you? <laughs> yeah. Why'd you regret that kid, man? Why'd you do that, man? That's that's Mark Wahlberg. Are you also gonna do Kevin Spacey, or do you want me to do it? I don't know how to do Kevin Spacey. Okay. I don't barely know how to do a Mark Wahlberg. I only know how to do him in a House of Cards. I tell you, Freddie, this house just got a whole lot cardsier. <laughs> uh. I'm going to make a Kevin Spacey biopic. All right. And I'm going to call it Inner Spacey. Inner Spacey. The about dark secrets of a leading man. I tell you this. Here's my impression of Kevin Spacey on the way to that press junket with Mark Wahlberg. Hey, uh, speaking of pressing junket. <laughs> zip. He unzips Mark Wahlberg's fly. <laughs> Wahlberg beats the shit out of him because he's a notorious homophobe and racist. <laughs> Not allegedly. He once beat an Asian man within an inch of his life. Uh, you, you hear the other day he said uh, he, he renounces the film Boogie Nights. He didn't say he renounces it. He he's said apologizing he has to God or whatever. Yeah, he has regrets in his career and it, Boogie Nights is a regret. He, uh, guy wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for Boogie Nights. The only time I've ever really loved the guy is in Boogie Nights, and then he's been okay in things before. But I love him in uh, The Good Guys or whatever that... The other Guys. Eh. The Other Guys, I think, is a very funny movie. It's all right. Folks, speaking of movies... Sorry, The Movie Corner. Let me take you to the movie corner. And I did watch a couple things because I have developed insomnia again. It was gone and now it's back, baby. Um, insomnia. Movie I like, Al Pacino, Robin Williams. That's a good one. Uh, I find it painfully boring. Everyone finds it boring. The performances are good. thought it was boring in a theater and I watched it again. And I loved it. And there's nothing funnier to me than how the trailer starts with Al Pacino who plays like Ron Dormer. And the trailer starts. He wakes up. He looks like he's been to hell and back. Picks up the phone and he goes, Dormer here. <laughs> Dormer here. Like the worst voice. Ever. I guess he's like hung over or something. All I remember Hilarious. is the whole movie, him like taping the windows. Be like, I can't get the goddamn light <laughs> out of the room. Yeah. And then at the oh, end. Oh, yeah. He can't, that's right. He can't sleep. Cause finally, at the end, the, the, the partner or whatever is like. It's pitch black in here, Al. Yeah, yeah. He shouldn't say Al, whatever his name is. Dormer. So what did you watch? Pat? I watched the first episode of a show I really thoroughly enjoyed called Tales from the Tour Bus. And it is on Cinemax. I watched the first and half of the second. This is the Judd, uh, or not Judd, uh, uh, the uh, Mike Judge show. Judd Judge. 
Mike. Yes, Mike Judge. Yes. And basically, uh, I am fascinated by, always have been, by Outlaw Country. The country music of the 70s of just like raging alcoholics and guys with like extreme coke problems, pill problems, etc. Making music about getting fucked up. And uh, it's a genre of music I love. And each week this focuses on a new person. And it's a documentary. It's like a behind the music type deal, but they animate it. And then occasionally they flash to the real people and show you. So they animate like some of the crazier stories. But also the interviews with the people weirdly are animated and they add funny little touches to them. The the heart of it, of course, is all these great stories. So I watched the one about Johnny Paycheck. Johnny Paycheck? He did take this job and shove it. Okay. Um, I'm most excited about the two-parter on George Jones and Tammy Wynette, Mm -hmm. who are two of my favorite singers of all time, who had like a notoriously horrific relationship. And he would like drive to get liquor on a tractor because they took his car away. And all. <laughs> so the stories are great, and the people they interview are hilarious. There's a there's a five minute detour in the Johnny Paycheck one where they all talk about how much he loved to be naked and how tiny his dick was. And then yeah. this, this one guy's like, "Boy, I I tell you, I I was always surprised because you'd think he'd be ashamed of such a of such a penis." <laughs> He goes, uh, he had such a teeny weeny peeny that I always wanted to make fun of it, but I was afraid that if I did, that Johnny would point out my teeny weeny peeny. <laughs> like, these guys are just, like, really, really hilarious. So these guys live to tell the tales. They live to tell the tales, and they're it's kind of moving. It, it shares a little of DNA with, like, a drunk history. <clears throat> they're just, like, telling a funny story, and then at the end, it's, like, usually kind of moving because they all talk about how they miss their friend or whatever. But uh, it's great. The second one is Jerry Lee Lewis, who was, of course, married to his 13-year-old cousin. Uh, they're wild, wild stories. Didn't bury, didn't bury the guy's work back then. No, no. <laughs> Have you seen extra, you see uh, that biopic, Great Balls of Fire? Yeah. Uh, Dennis Quaid and Winona Ryder? Uh Ryder yeah. didn't even meet her, folks. I mean, it's disturbing. The scene yeah. where they have sex for the first time is disturbing. Uh, the and and it's got my favorite, probably my favorite biopic line of all time in it. Okay, in uh, it's when uh, Dennis Quaid goes, "If I'm going to hell, I'm going there playing the piano." Sure, <laughs> and he like has that like rooster walk yeah. hair that he struts out of the room. He's, and at the end of the movie, you're supposed to still like him. Like it's yeah. the, it's never like. Look at the mistakes this man has made. They're little <laughs> blips. Like. Right. That movie's PG-13. Yeah. Because um, I, I remember. Any it, any movie released in the 80s and, and mid-90s, I knew its rating. If I'm not... And whether or not I could see it. If I'm not mistaken, nobody's mad she's 13. They're just mad that she's his cousin, right? Look, I would say equal issues i mean they're well not equal issues but there's but, a there's a lot to be concerned about there well of course but my point is, is there's a lot movie, of fish in the sea you know? do they ever say in the movie like she's only third no they do say that they do yeah. say that but i think the bigger concern they have is that it's his cousin yeah uh with different time did Rand, yeah. didn't randy quaid play his brother in that i might have dreamed that randy quaid he might have been in, no i don't think so all right i fine. don't remember just watched a, a thing on youtube Famous uh, celebrities who uh, eventually ended up homeless. Okay. Uh, Randy Quaid was in there. Oh, sure. Of course. Uh, I listened to Chevy Chase on Gilbert Gottfried's podcast, and he was like, you know, he just was like Randy, you know, on all these movies. Like, he wouldn't drink. He didn't do drugs. Like, he just didn't know what happened. It was kind of a sad tale. Well, I guess it's his wife. I think he's, he seems to be like sort of bipolar or something. Right, right. Uh, or is it manic? I think manic is the term. Whatever that is where you have like the extreme paranoia about like being hunted by like the government and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, because that's all that's all it is. Like he's he's like the Hollywood. There's a there's a hit squad in Hollywood. Like they're framing all these people. They're right. murdering people. I had to leave the country because they set me up. Right. And uh, I think he just needs medication. Yeah. I don't know. Right. I'm obviously, hey, Pat, I'm obviously not a doctor. <laughs> I didn't say you were. Uh, I want to make a quick correction to last week because uh, very often I listen and realize we've made dozens of mistakes and I say I'll correct it and I never do. 
always double check anything we say on this podcast. But um, I claim to have uh, been in, in the play Noises Off. And in <laughs> fact, it was the year before me, I think. Because when I really started thinking about it, I was not in it. I was in something very similar called Mixed Nuts, which was a theatrical adaptation of the Adam Sandler and Steve Martin film Mixed Nuts. Yeah, that's an unwatchable movie. I always loved the movie. That was a time when Steve Martin could do no wrong and Sandler being in the mix and Juliette Lewis and Lee F. Schreiber. And it's a great cast. See, I don't agree. That was the uh, that was the Steve Martin slump, in my opinion. Certainly a that slump. That was during like Leap of Faith when it was like, oh, what's yeah. going on here? Well, simple twist of fate. And then he started doing those like tiny dramas. But Mixed Nuts at least was a comedy-ish. I think it's an underrated Christmas movie. I liked it. And for some reason, it was adapted into a high school play. But it was very like fast-paced and people running around. Um, I wasn't in Noises Off. Maybe I wanted to be and, and, and imagined it, but I didn't want to lie to you people. It's a hell of a mistake to make. It really was. You know, I was in a lot of plays in high school, and I try to block everything pre-18 out of my head because it was so uh, rough. But uh, uh, I wasn't in it. Yeah, I was telling our friend Pinkstone today yeah. uh, about how you didn't know what Dragon's Lair was. Not familiar with it, no. Uh, and he his only words were, Missouri sucks. Well, the only I was like, yeah, I guess so, man. Like that's so weird. Like I, the, like we both were in disbelief that you had never come across this game. My mom never would have let me like go to an arcade and throw my money away like that, uh, which is odd because now she loves uh, gambling as much as I. But um, I would play pinball at the bowling alley while she would bowl in her league. Uh-huh. But I would always get like a dollar to last the night, and then. Um, she would be like, you have Nintendo at home. Why do you need to do this? I never, And I never played any games. I just didn't do it. Did you play your Nintendo, though? I did. I played Paperboy. I played a game called Tubin. And I played uh, Mario 1, 2, and 3. All right. Well, don't talk to me like I don't know what they are, Pat. All I right. know the games. Well, I know the goddamn games. I didn't know games. about Tubin. Uh, what else you got for the movie corner? I only have one thing. Speaking of Winona, Great Balls of Fire, um, I watched the end of stranger things and i take back what i what i just said on the last week's episode I, I felt it started strong meandered the seventh episode that everyone despises was stupid i'll give you that where she like meets her well mm-hmm. you know i'll say meets her and, and you'll know if, if you've seen it and you won't if you don't but um the last two were phenomenal very exciting particularly the second to last one um I, I really loved them both. I thought they were two of the best episodes of the whole series. Uh, I love the whole thing, but I already talked about it last week. Yes. And I don't think we, I think we've still not spoiled it, which is good. Um, Other than that, I didn't watch anything, but that's, that's not bad. No, not at all. Uh, I dipped into my cinema cult Blu-rays. Yes. That I bought when I was in Australia. Okay. Good day, mate. Just right? to give a little free plug to them. Cinema Cult, great, great Blu-ray label. If you can find them, check them out. They're no frills Blu-rays. There's no special features, but they're really immaculate transfers. And because there's no special features, they're quite affordable, and the packaging is always really nice. So, I, I think they're I think they're well worth worth the purchase. I have I, I have most of them. I might have all of them at this point. But um, I watched. Uh, you ready? Oh, okay. That was actually on Turner Movie Classics one night, and I didn't really? watch it. Yeah, um, I watched it. Okay, and uh, I liked it. All right. I hate that that's the title. It looks cool on the box, mm-hmm. but then when somebody says, "What are you watching tonight?" and you got to go, yeah, I guess if you're ordering a ticket, you're like one for like Superman. No, it's not. It's not with an H, so you can go one for hiss. Right. It's just S's. S's. Right. Anyway, uh, it's a fun movie. It stars Dirk Benedict. Uh, Who the hell's Dirk Benedict? Face Man from uh, the A Team, the original A Team TV okay. show. Never seen the A Team. So I'm sorry. I, I don't understand. I'm sorry. <clears throat> you really missed out. I know. Uh,. Never seen Magnum P.I., never seen MacGyver, never seen... Fuck those shows. The A-Team is where it was at. All right. 
Magnum PI was like the the A team for your dad. Okay. Do you sure. know what I mean? Yeah. It's your dad's A team. MacGyver was like hipster. Well, now Blue Bloods is uh Yeah. MacGyver was hipster A team, you know. He was a hipster? Well, no, but it was always like I I'm gonna solve the problem with a leaf and a paper clip. <laughs> right, right. Whereas the A team was like they were firing fucking rockets and, yeah. <laughs> and machine guns and shit. Uh <clears throat> anyway. Uh, Dirk Benedict plays a college student uh, who falls uh, or becomes the assistant of a what turns out to be mad scientist uh, who specializes in snakes. I can't remember what that term is uh, for a snake scientist and uh, Orenthal or something. I think it is Orenthologist. I think that's a bird guy. Uh, Right. Well, I guess fuck me. Right, Joe. Shove it up your ass. Trying to help out. Uh, hey, if it's not helpful, don't help. I don't think an ornithologist is a bird person. Why don't we just look? Look it Keep up while I describe the up. goddamn movie, please. Can I do my p- turn? Go ahead. Uh, <clears throat> the uh, scientist is injecting Dirk Benedict with uh, these, you know, uh, uh, you know, serums, uh, these venom sort of serums to... Uh, uh, make him what's that called when you get injected with something so you don't so you're not susceptible to it anymore a uh antidote no that's that fixes it like something that makes you like immune to it a uh serum i feel i feel like that's not i'm saying vaccine serum. maybe vaccine yeah i don't know anyway he's giving him these venom injections because he's like look you're gonna get bit in the lab you don't want to die and then you uh-huh. realize eventually the injections are not to make uh, Dirk Benedict immune to snake bites, but to turn him, in fact, into a snake. Okay. With a man's brain. Does he talk? When he's the snake man, he's able to talk. Okay. But then at the end, he becomes a full-on uh, snake, and then then he can't talk. He's just a snake at that point. Okay. So sorry if I spoiled the movie for all of you, but that's how the cookie crumbles. Joe, I'm surprised you. you didn't know what it is called because it's called herpetology. I thought that Her- would be sort of a specialty of yours. Is that a joke about my dick? Yeah. Herpetology yeah. is the study so nice. of reptiles and amphibians. Herpetology, you uh, fucking pervert. A herpetology specializing in snakes could call themselves a serpentologist. That's just made up. Or an ophidiologist. Mm-hmm. Ornithologist is a study of birds, Joe. Thank you. And can you please tell the audience that I don't have herpes? I mean, I don't know. You, <laughs> you can tell them. I don't know. Uh, the amount of times I've raw dogged you, you would <laughs> well, have yeah, had it I by didn't now. Get them. That's true. Uh, Joe, scary stuff. You got anything? Aye, aye. <laughs> um, no, I'm still riding the high from getting it right once. Uh, fair enough. I don't have anything either because we just did the other podcast two day, a day and a half ago, actually. Yeah. So, um, I'm still playing the order 1886 and I've played a bit more since the last show and I can't, uh, tell you enough how much I'm enjoying the game. So, uh. We can move through Joe Scary stuff. Great. And we can get right down to the review at hand. Thor. Thor. Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Ragnarok? Yes. It sounds to me like a like a uh like I always want to go what's that song like Ragnarok? So don't stop the rock. Remember that shitty Planet Rock, the Africa Bambada song? No, uh, we're falling apart here. What are you, you know, singing? Can't Stop the Rock. It was in like every trailer for a while. It's not Daft Punk, but it might as well be. Can't Stop the Rock. Can't Stop the Rock. No. Do you think the Rock sings this every day when he gets ready in the mirror? Yes, I would. Sings it to himself. Uh, Thor Ragnarok, the latest installment in the Marvel phase. I guess we're in phase three now of Marvel. Wait, what do you mean phase you never heard that? Like the Marvel movies are in, they do, they do phases. So like Avengers to Avengers two was, I'm sorry, everything up to, including Avengers one was phase one. Everything from that up to Avengers two was phase two. Everything after that, 
till now is phase three. Let me real quick see if this is Stop the Rock by Apollo 440. 1999 sounds right. Hang on. All right. Apollo 440. Don't Stop the Rock. Uh, yeah, that's it. It's like a Fat Boy Slim type song. Play it into the mic. I am. Start. Jesus Christ. All right. Who cares? I do. It sounds like a down home. Well, don't take it away before uh, it kicks waiting. in. You've heard it. I've never heard this song in my goddamn life. Never, literally never once. You just said it was in every movie trailer. It was in tons of movie trailers. Can't stop the rock. And it, it's everything I else I said was right, too. Late 90s. Da- sounds like Daft Punk. Isn't Daft Punk. That didn't sound like Daft Punk. That sounded like a, like a, like a Stevie Ray Vaughan <laughs> got a vocoder well, kind of a tune. Everything it's suggesting off of me listening to this is Daft Punk. So it might sound a little bit like Daft Punk. Generally. All right. The, vo- the, the voice part does. Oh, Christ. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not trying to be difficult. Anyway, Phase 3 Marvel, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, l- l- let's get down to it. Let's just right off the bat. There will be spoilers. Sorry. Pat, did you like the film? I don't like any of these films. That's not true. You've defended them before on here. I like only... I like Doctor Strange. Ugh. Um, and by the way, would I ever watch them again? Uh, did I love them? No. I like Guardians of the Galaxy. Fine. Two. Fine. Mm-hmm. But I hate the DCs. I hate the Marvels. I hate almost all superhero movies. But I love Taika Watiti, who did uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, which I loved with Sam Neill. And then movies that are overrated, but I loved like uh, What We Do in the Shadows. And Have you seen that one? No. Well, you might like that. I mean, it's a horror comedy. Right. The guy's got an interesting voice. I, I get excited when they get a director, but really I shouldn't be because all it means is then they'll never make a good movie again. They're, they're on this wagon of doing shit. Well, I mean, the reason they pick up these art house directors is because they just tell them what to do. Probably so. They're yeah. like, we can't bring in a Spielberg or somebody like that to direct right. Thor because he's going to have demands and he's not going to we can't control that guy. Right. But you go a wide-eyed Tim Burton off of Frankenweenie, or whatever the fuck. You yeah. want to direct Batman? You know what I mean? It's like they're gonna they're gonna dictate a lot. Burton is a perfect example. I mean, he held on to his vision as long as he could and made interesting movies within the studio system. And now, you know, I don't even see his movies when they come. If you had told me when I was thirteen that there would become a time where I don't see a new Tim Burton movie, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't have believed it. But, you know, this guy, very long answer here to, to what I'm saying is this thing had a 93% right, critically acclaimed, and I heard that it was hilarious. Like, forget, like, so, okay, already I'm like, well, at least it's not as boring as these other two-hour, 45-minute slogs. It'll be funny, at least. I didn't crack a smile, and to answer your original question, I hated this movie. Yeah, you you tapped out even sooner than I did. Uh, Pat turned to me at about the 30-minute mark and said, this is terrible. Um, By the way, I get I hated it, and I liked it more than the other two fucking Thors. I like the first Thor a lot. I thought they walked the line in the first Thor very well. I thought they did a good job with the first one. I thought the second one looked like an episode of Xena Warrior Princess and was yeah. stupid. Um, and this one... Look, these fucking movies, uh, you know, nobody look, I've, and, and I will pat myself on the back for being somebody that's been saying this for a long, long time. I told you these goddamn jokes are going to ruin these fucking movies and they're ruining the goddamn movie. They're ruined. It's this. It's not this. Well, joke- you're saying I told you, but people love this movie and it made a tremendous amount of money. Well, I, I don't I, I don't buy the critic response to these things i am absolutely convinced of one of two things either a times are just that shitty yeah that people that this is the base sort of entertainment that even critic film critics eat up yeah or b there's a payola thing or something happening because it's disney so. and marvel and there's no way this is a fucking 93 percent movie no. it's this movie tries to be 
Flash Gordon, the 80s Flash Gordon. That's a movie that I own on Blu-ray, and I loved it as a kid. Now as an adult, I, I own it because visually it's fun to look at, but if you said to me, is this a good movie? I'd be like, Christ, no, it's not a good movie. It's, it's, yeah. so, it's absurd. But, it, you know, it, so nobody is saying, man, it's just fun to look at and who cares about the plot, which a critic shouldn't be saying anyway. No. But they're saying this is a great movie. The people saying that this is hilarious, like, it, it, I've never seen a movie take so many big swings and misses at jokes. People I know and like said it was hilarious. Like, right, so right off the bat, and I, th- I figured you'd be sighing and huffing and puffing throughout, but I did kind of prep you, and I'm sure you had read that it was supposed to be a, marketed as a comedy. You but, told me to watch it with an open heart. I, I did. I yeah. don't know why. But at the beginning, when he keeps spinning around on those chains, and he's like, hang on, I got to do another spin on the chains, and I'll come back and talk to you to this devil guy or whatever. I'm like, this is like a long, it's awkward comedy, which generally plays on like The Office or something. Well, yeah. And he's spinning, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, he's going. they're doing this again. He's going around again for another try at this bit by the way the theater was silent yeah and this is your first joke so if you're going to establish yourself as we're like deadpool now we're going to be a straight-up comedy at least your first joke has to work then i know you get mad that people are joking in these movies but to me i'm like look they're running around in tights throwing hammers through the air and, and all this other shit who cares but then i have my limits too when i see a villain a henchman he he's calling in a, a command and they cut back to him and folks he's using a shake weight this is yeah. two minutes into the movie yeah 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 the, two minutes in the movie you got one of your main guy or you know he was a at least a villain it was carl urban's character saying that he has used the uh ice bridge or whatever it's called the thing the thing in asgard where they can like travel to any world or whatever he said that he's been using it to accrue riches yeah and then it shows his riches, and uh, it's all like dumb shit. And he and he and he says the line, "It's like junk," but he thinks it's cool. And then he and he says, "Well, I think that was supposed to be a spoof of Spring Breakers, unless I'm wrong." Spring you know when, Breakers? Yeah, you know when Franco's like, "Look, check, look at my stuff," and there's a montage where he shows up stuff. That guy said, "Look at my stuff," in Thor Ragnarok. I don't think that that was a nod to Spring Breakers okay. at all because. This is another no, gripe. There's a movie I love, folks, Spring Break. This is a gripe I've had with the last few Marvel movies. You're dealing with people that live in other dimensions and, and galaxies and whatever the fuck you want to call them. Right. And they're using words like stuff. How many times in this movie did somebody say like? Yeah. Could you like uh, like like more of like a weird thing? It's like this is how the guy in Asgard talks. So, so Well, that's never going to. I'd rather that than, you know whatever Anthony Hopkins was doing in the first one. But, no, uh, give me the Asgard talk. That's, I don't know. But look, here's the I don't thing. want any of it, but I definitely don't want fucking Thor Ragnarok. So they have a shake weight joke, which A, is not funny just because it's not f- well done. And then B, it's also, it's, South Park was doing them 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's like the hackiest thing ever. It's like the, the shake weight. Jesus Christ, guys. So, by the way, two of the things he acquires, uh, you know, then this is always the interesting thing I find with the with, with what gets attacked. One of the things this guy acquires are two automatic rifles, right? Which he then uses heroically at the end of the film to kill all the bad guys. Yeah. And I don't remember a review saying once sort of an odd <laughs> thing. You know, yeah. yeah we're, we're all kind of saying we need to kind of watch with these guns and everything. But, you know. So I thought that was... Uh, Especially in a world where they all have powers and guns don't ever really need to be involved. <laughs> I mean, if you can turn into the Hulk and solve any problem, that's what. That's why I just don't understand ever getting emotionally invested or getting into these movies at all. If the Hulk's involved and the Hulk's heavily involved in Rangarok, folks, they eventually just have to keep making the obstacles larger and larger and larger till the Hulk can't beat them. But everything else... All right, I'll become the Hulk and I'll beat you. And is there a sadder career trajectory than Mark Ruffalo? Go back and watch one of the great performances of 90s cinema, and you can count on me. Mark Ruffalo. Incredible. The next Brando, they called him. And now, every year, he's playing the Hulk two or three times. Well, He said today, he's like, they're like, I thought you said you were training. And he goes, 
I didn't mean I was trained to fly an alien spaceship. <laughs> That's how he said the line. <laughs> in the movie, not in it, not in real life. In the movie. It was one of the lamest deliveries I've ever seen. Uh, and now, especially now that I'm editing episodes, I'm like, I guarantee they were like, oh my God, see if we have another take of that. And I guess they didn't. Well, let me say this. Jesus. I don't agree with your overall take on Mark Ruffalo. I think he still does amazing work. I just think like he was fantastic in Spotlight. That was only last year or whatever. All right, that's true. That's uh, true, Joe. He still does great stuff, but it breaks my heart to see him in these films because he's they, because of the route they've taken with these movies uh-huh. where everything is supposed to be funny. Now you've got everybody trying to be funny. God, God love Mark Ruffalo. He's not funny. You know what I mean? Like he's not a funny guy. So then you have him now playing nobody less funny. Instead of playing like. Instead of playing like a sincerely like mentally unstable David uh, Bruce Banner like he did in the first Avengers movie, which was very cool, he's now kind of playing it for yucks, and it doesn't work. You got Kate Blanchett doing jokes in this fucking thing. I mean, these are bombs. Yep. Kate Blanchett is one of the most talented and stunning human beings she, on planet Earth. She is one of my favorite actresses. She's gorgeous, and she's gorgeous in this movie, for she God's sake. She can't deliver a goddamn joke. Well, Why no, are they here, ma- and, she, what, and she's the goddess of death, and they got her up there going, I need you to be my executioner, both to kill people and carry out my will, but mostly to kill people. You know, yeah, it's like, She's doing... It's the, terrible. All these jokes from the shake weight on down are jokes, folks... I think are probably out of the mix on like a good multicam sitcom. Like they got Kate Blanchett going like, did I say that out loud? This kind of stuff, like stuff that a room would be like, come on, we can't do that. Really? Can we? Um, it's, I don't blame Blanchett because I thought she was a, a rare bright spot, probably because I just thought she looked great. But is she your husband? No. I looked him up during the movie. I was like, I got to see who Kate Blanchett's married to. She might be the most stunning woman I've ever seen. Yeah. This guy looks like uh, uh, he's a playwright. I mean, it gave me hope. I'm not going to shit on the guy. But he's not who you think Kate Blanchett would be married to. Sure. It gave me great hope. I was like, all right. Like, you know. She gets better looking with age. Ruffalo, folks, is bad in this movie. I I want to stress that. It's weird. Um. It's weird. And then the, uh, you know, here, here's my biggest, I got to harp on this comedy thing for a while. When every, when jokes are being made every three seconds, and then also you're bringing characters back from the dead, Loki back again, Hulk back from the dead. First line Ruffalo says to him, we thought you were dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, first line Thor says to him, we thought you were dead. Um, uh, uh, and then on top of that all, them very carelessly or, or effortlessly is a better term, getting out of every single situation they're, they're ever put into. There are no stakes. No. There are no stakes. That's what I was trying to get, get at with the Hulk thing. If you can do that, there aren't stakes. Yeah, it's just there are no stakes. When they, this is the end of the movie, so this is a big spoiler. As they watch Asgard crumble in flames and the entire population of Asgard is on this ship because yeah. they're going to have to go find a new home or something. By the way, the entire population of Asgard is apparently is 78 people. Right. Uh, so they're all on this ship watching their home crumble in flames. And it's supposed to be this really sad, you know, it's so devastating. You're watching your home to be destroyed. Sure. And no, you can never go back. And as that's happening, they have this like rock alien guy go, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. If the foundation's good, we can rebuild it. And then the the thing crumbles. And he goes, nope, foundation's gone. Strike that. And it's like, yeah. you're making a joke now at yeah. the, at the like what's supposed to be the emotional climax of the film? What are you yeah. doing? It didn't God work damn it. emotionally, uh, comedically, action-y, a couple decent action sequences, but, but decent is as far as I'll go. And... I couldn't follow the plot for the life of me. Uh, I kind of, I, I understood what was going on. I mean, it was just, it was just, it was, it was muddied down by a lot of bullshit that didn't need to be in there. But like, I, I, I understood I, what was happening. I, and here's another criticism I have. 
I really fucking hate now that Jeff Goldblum is in on the joke. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. It's not funny anymore. It was funny on Tim and Eric for some sketches, but now everything Jeff Goldblum does, it's him being like, "Look at me, I'm, I'm Jeff Goldblum," and it's it sucks. It's didn't, like it's didn't not, laugh once at Goldblum. It's not interesting. It sucks. Now he's like hamming it up and being weird just to be weird, and it's like he's doing what Walken eventually did. Yeah, stop. Just stops. Kind of. I mean, I was excited to have Goldblum in it. I haven't seen him in a while, and I was just like, no, no. It's bad. We spent a lot of time on like Goldblum's planet. There's a lot of non-Thor material for this to be a Thor movie. We're, I mean, you're, there'll be five minutes go by on Blanchett's planet, or I, don't, I didn't even know what was going on. You, you really didn't, because we were never on Blanchett's planet in this film. But I, ha- I, ha- I, I consider it intelligence, but maybe it's a problem. But if if I'm watching a movie. No matter how complicated it is, if I get the people, if I get their emotions, if I understand the characters, I'm completely on board and I understand it. LA Confidential, first time I saw it, completely followed it for two and a half hours, was never confused because I got all the characters and their motivations and what they were doing. I understood them. I liked them. I cared about them, etc. But these big, and maybe it's not being a comic book guy, but like these Avengers type deals, man, I just don't give a shit i don't know how anyone does there's nothing to care about no and you know look i guess this is what everybody wants i'm not going to go down the batman v superman road again thank you but i will say this you know, everybody goes, it's too dark. It's too dark. Well, uh, as opposed to what? Fucking family matters in space? Right. Like, Jesus Christ. It, there, there's, I think Justice League might hit it up the middle. I, I, I feel like they're going to find a balancing act. I'm excited that it's Joss Whedon. He, when he was involved with the Marvel stuff, it was fucking great. Tonally, it was great. Did Whedon direct He Justice directed League? the Avengers, and he directed Iron Man. No, did, no, Favreau directed Iron Whedon Man. Did Whedon direct Justice League? Yes. Or is it Zack Snyder? Well, Snyder had to leave because his daughter committed suicide, oh. tragically. Sounds and then sad. Whedon came in and took over. Then they brought in Danny Elfman to score the film. Uh-huh. Elfman confirmed that he brought back his Batman music from the Burton films. Okay. I think they're going to make a play to sort of tie it back somehow into what we all loved about those original Burton Batman movies. Hey, I, I'd be game, but so, I, don't, I don't see it happening. I'll go in so, with an open So mind I don't as well. know. I've watched some clips from Justice League like you know, the, the when there is a joke, it is it's 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 related to the character. Like for instance, there's a clip from Justice League where the Flash is like they got to go in and fight a bunch of people and the Flash is like I, 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 and he's scared and he's like I don't know how to fight. I was never trained for battle and he's like all I do is I push somebody and then I run away really fast. And it's a funny line. Because it's suiting for that character. Mm-hmm. That is the Flash. The Flash is kind of like this smart-assy guy. He's not a fighter. And it makes sense for the fucking character. What, they've hap- what they do now with these Marvel films, I mean, th- these are interchangeable lines. Like yeah. These are sight gags. Nothing that Thor says is indicative of Thor anymore. Yeah. And in one minute, he's going, he's going uh, you know, like... If we had to do it, dude, bro, whatever. And like making some dumb fucking brosif joke or something. And then in the next scene, he's going, this was your doing. And it's like, <laughs> what, what do you have, a Shakespeare switch that you just turn on and off? It's fucking yeah. stupid. It, it's not consistent. It's dumb. And how, how much are they paying Hopkins to get out of bed for this shit? Whew. Hopkins is, for the first time ever, I thought, looked like genuinely old. Like he's always looked like an old yeah. man, like a, an old the man in his seventies to me, but he looked like I was like, man, Hopkins is fucking old, man. Hopkins, like Michael Caine, still tries, you know. Hopkins does not. He's not. He's yeah. not giving you anything except years of familiarity with him, so his lines have a little more gravitas. But he barely even puts emphasis in the right spots on his lines. Hopkins, yeah, he's become the guy that's like, I can do this with my eyes closed. He does. So he does. Yeah. And he just sits there and he goes, he goes, it was never a place. It was a people. Yeah. He's like sitting down looking at that that landscape and he's like, remember this place, boys. 
It's your home. <laughs> Always remember your home and the and this beautiful scenery. I'm like, Anthony, we're filming. <laughs> That's what I used to think about Grenier on uh, Entourage. I'd be like, the cameras are on, Adrian. That's the best Grenier's got in him. I hate to break. No, it. I know that's the best he's got. In. But Hopkins also does this now too a lot. He goes, huh, huh. <laughs> Yeah. He throws that in everywhere to make it kind of like to give it a quirk or something. Oh. But it's just, oh. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Thor Ragnarok. More uh, like Boar Ragnarok. Better than part two. Not as good as part one. Visually fun. Soundtrack was cool. Visually, I'd say it was a lesser uh, Doc Strange. It was trying to do the same kind of neon and uh, mushroom trippy kind of things, but not as effectively. I thought they did a good job of capturing that sort of uh, the adventures of uh, uh, fuck. What's that movie with Peter Weller from the eight? Robocop. No, no, that's actually Crawl. Like oh, those eighties like fantasy movie. Like they did a good job of capturing the sort of visual spirit of that thing. Sure. So I, I did like that aspect of it. Uh, didn't give a fuck about the action sequences at all. And, you know, by the way, when whether you're Thor or not, you can't just stand on top of a jet moving at 300 miles per hour or however fucking fast a spaceship goes. Right. You you get blown off of it. Like, it's it's just shit like that where it's just like, guys, have some rules to this. Like, have some logic yeah. to adhere to so i care about the character there's no danger there are no so anyway movie sucked but was better in my opinion than the last one uh and i did like it better than dr strange oh wow i, mean, I fucking hated dr strange i hated it dr I mean, strange so much better than thor any of the thors i hated that film doc strange pops up in thor Ragnarok for like a nut that's the other thing too is like okay now when any of these other characters enter your shitty movie, they all have to kind of lose their personalities as well to suit what movie they're in. What do you mean? Like Doctor Strange and him are kind of like also like riffing and... That's why I hated Doctor Strange. He does that through the whole Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, there's a, there's a few. But... No, he does it through the entire fucking movie. Everybody in Doctor Strange makes jokes. Even right. the guy, the, you know, the, the, that's our Wi-Fi password. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, I know. So it's, it's they're, 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 every character now is written like Tony Stark. Every single character now is written like Tony Stark. Well, fucking Hulk is actually dressing in Tony Stark's goddamn clothes. And that, they have, the, for the last third of the movie, uh, Ruffalo's tugging on his dick because uh, Iron Man wears too tight of pants. That's his runner, is Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> shuffling around mumbling and pulling on his dick uh, what a piece of shit uh we didn't even stay for and the what, hidden and this scene. stuff's coming out in november now this what? used to be confined to the summer now yeah. in november thor rangarok's coming out well because because they got to get black panther out in december or whatever the hell that's coming we saw out five trailers for marvel movies. <laughs> yeah then the next one take will be a January. break it's too much. They need one to just tank, but they won't. It won't happen. No, it's too much. So uh, yeah, uh, that's Thor Ragnarok for you, folks. And this is uh, we'll see you in hell. I'll be uh, this week, Austin, Texas, at the uh, front door, the something door. Son of a bitch! I can't remember anything anymore. All my everything is gone. I'll be in Austin, Texas, this week. Look on my Instagram for the venue name. Uh, it's the something door. Uh, the 15th. That's Wednesday. It's Friday night, I'll be at Hyenas in Fort Worth. That's the 17th. And then the 18th and 19th, I'll be in Houston at the Come and Take It uh, Festival, which is being held at the Secret Group. That's the name of the facility. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Joe DeRosa Comedy. And uh, thank you for supporting our Patreon. Yes. Uh, Pat, do your plugs, and then we get into some shout-outs. Folks, I will be uh, at my house or at work. Um, I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Patrick Walsh, and I play bass for Apollo 440, uh, the band that did Can't Stop the Rock. All right. 
Shout out time. You should stop that now. There you go. So we can do the shout outs. I was going to make it background music. It's. I don't know if it's going to sound that great. Let's not do that. I don't think they're going to hear that. <laughs> Let's just give the respect. It's such a good out. song. It's not a good song. That sounds dog shitty to me. All right. Well, it seems like somebody wants to stop the rock. <laughs> His name's Joe. Shout outs. Thank you all. Mr. Derek Clark. Thank you. Anthony V. Menito, a.k.a. Party McFly, Philip Rashad, Joshua Christensen, Barbara Allen, Jonathan Face, Rebecca Cohen, Smelly Bubbles. Ooh, we have a new contender for best name ever. Probably not a real man. Chris Bowen, Mike Gibbons, Donye Joyce, Michael Dawson, Jennifer Smith, Luke Henderson, Hader Ismail, Nick, 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 Walther, Lee Vaughn, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Somebody's name with their name it is don't be ridiculous. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's good stuff. Good for you, whoever did that. Connor Dennehy, Michael, just a Michael. Okay. Stephen Koopa, Kevin, holy shit. How do you say that name? Swistowicz. Sorry, buddy, if I said that wrong. That's a tough one. Thomas Coza, Anthony J. Guajardo, Annie Johansson. No, that's not right. Annie Johannesson, Timmy K., Sean Florin, Dolores Martinez, Will Foley, Megan Lybrand, Scott Blickensdurfer, Alec Walker, Brett, Wer- Brett Wemmer, Tristan Carlson, Laura Sexton, Anthony Guajardo, again. Didn't we just do him? Yeah, there's two. Is it the same guy? It must be. Maybe not. The other guy has a J in his name. Maxwell Ashcroft, uh, Brett Klinkner, Alex Lowe, Ethan Wittit. Sorry, guys. I'm doing my best here. Uh, Weston Thomas. I'm looking at it right now because he, he he tweeted at me. Is it Veedhill? H V I D H Y I D. Yeah. He says, against all odds, it's pronounced Veedhill. Okay. And thank you for your kind words. Weston. Thank you, Weston. Uh, Jared Blair, Josh Smallridge, Richie Verdugo, Chris Hopper, Chris Hopper, Emily Rosenbaum. Emily Florence, Sean L., Jordan Parker, Dave Komorik, Abby Manuel. Hello, Abby. Uh, Kim D'Angelo, Michael Whitset. That's another repeat. That's weird, right? Didn't I say that one? Unless they're donating twice. I don't. I'm not looking at what you're. you're If you're donating twice, thank you twice. That's amazing. Uh, And if you're donating once, thank you again. Jonathan Gallup. Old Ben No Bottoms. Very nice reference to uh, the Pete Holmes show when I talked about. Oh, it's a Pete Holmes show reference. We can't get into it right now, but it's it involved me, and thank you. Carla O, Mike Wills, Stephanie Power, Hunter McDonald, Sterling Abrigo, Giron Sanderson, Diego Campos, Jake Ferrote, or Ferrote, I'm not sure which it is, Stefan Monsieur, Zoe Blazkiewicz, Edmund Dillon, Asley, K- oh my lord, K- Kavinisland? Are you looking at these? I don't even know where you're at, where you're looking. I'm on the Patreon page. Oh, we're no. not, again, we're not making fun of your name. Some of these are just hard to say. I think that's Asley Kavinisland, Dan McLeod. Brandon Gash, Lorenz Bunganiers, Alejandro Salgado, Papa Spoosh, Tegan McLeod, Matthew Little, Tracy Reddington, Sean Thomas, Amanda Alzamora, Jason Weibel, Michael Curry, Drew Spindler, Andrew Covell, Sam Mitchell, Aaron Malinowski, Scott Nolan, Jack Gertz, Greg Sorensen, Benjamin Tahia. Misty Zavar, Brandon Nock, Brandon Webb, 
Don Dajne Wilford, Johnny Ferg, Matthias Paguay, Pagu, Paguay, one of those, right? Superfan Giovanni, Michael Gold, Danielle Dewar, Eric Lamora, Michael Madrigal. Go visit Mr. Suit Records if you're in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It's a great store. My buddy Mike owns it and runs it. Stephen Reese, Walter Keegan, Kevin Masernick, Erica Branning, Lawrence Anderson, Jared Smallridge, Zach Schoendorf, Will Potorf, Natalie Craig, Nathan Basket, Edmund Agabeo, Anthony, just Anthony, Kyle Kinsland, Brooke Adams, the man whose name we cannot speak. I'm going to skip that one. Ani Babadook, Scott Patton, Barbama, Barbama, B-A-R-B-E-M-A, Barbama, Emma Lee Marvel, Robert Pearson, MySpace Mike, Michael Aiello, Aiello, excuse me, Max Unrath, Dominique Bander, Heighton Davidson, Brian England, and John Weissengruber. Woo! I'm overwhelmed. That is a lot of people. Tons. Thank you, everybody. That's really amazing. Thank you, everybody. We can't thank you enough. It's so nice. Folks, I believe we'll see you next week. And Patty. And I believe we'll see you in hell. That was a HeadGum Podcast.